You're listening to Titan Nature's Yellowstone, a podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Sponsored by Think Tank Photo. Think Tank Photo designs camera carrying solutions for working professionals. Welcome to another episode of Titan Nature's Yellowstone. This is your host, Adam Brubaker. I want to get in and I want to talk about Mammoth Hot Springs today. Kind of a different side of the park than a lot of people traveling. I think a lot of people go in, head towards Old Faithful, you know, and typically from the west entrance. But we're going to go up and talk about Mammoth Hot Spring. It's kind of a set away from most of the thermal areas in the park. And we're going to go from Gardner, Montana, which at one time was the most significant entrance into Yellowstone, through Mammoth Hot Springs. And we might go as far as. Swan Lake or down to uh, Sheep Eater Cliffs. So going into Gardner, a couple things here, you know, just some things to mention is one, basically you know, the sidewalk from or the, where the buildings are, the stores in Gardner that are right next to Yellowstone, basically the sidewalk is the Air National Park. So Park Street there, when people built their, their businesses there, they wanted to be as closest to the park as they can, from what I understand. So just something unique there. You're you're in Yellowstone before you go through the the gate on that uh, that north entrance at uh, the Roosevelt Arch. That's one of the things with Gardner and the entrance to Yellowstone. You can't um, get through there without seeing the arch, and it's worth going up and uh, parking and looking at it, and you know walking through the gates and looking up. I for years I had no idea that that was all hollow inside because it wasn't accessible for a long time. Uh, but also from the, the Gardner Arch, if you look out towards, down at Gardner, towards the high school. Between you and the high school, there's a park, kind actually below the road there. And it's where the library is now. But that building that the library is in is the old uh, railroad station. So that's where the train would come in. Then you could, you know, you dropped off there and start your tours from that area. But anyway, so, you know, go through and visit the Gardner Arch. And then from Gardner, as you make your way towards Mammoth Hot Springs, just mention a couple things, going through the canyon, the cliffs through there, watch for bighorn sheep. As you get closer to Mammoth or kind of all through that section, watch for elk as well. You'll get them all through there. And I'll talk more about the elk as I get into Mammoth area. Uh, in the fall time, I've recently come to learn in the last couple of years that that area through the canyon is a great place for birding in the, the fall time for raptors. I mean, just the amount of birds that were moving through there, a little bit of time that I had to watch with some with some guests. We had all kind. Of, we had quite a few golden eagles. We had red-tailed hawks. There was uh, Swainson's hawks. There was a it was broad-winged hawk, which was the first time for me seeing one. We don't get those very often in the area. A sharp shinned and Cooper's hawks. There were some falcons that came through. So just a, a neat variety of birds, of raptors that were moving through that area. You're following the Gardner River along here, and something to watch for as you go through here is going to be the 45th parallel sign. So there's a sign that, uh, you know, 45th parallel, which is halfway between the equator and North Pole. So you can see that there. As you go up, you'll, you know, you'll pass the campground. Uh, just across from the campground on the left-hand side, you know, it's area don't go into, give them their space and privacy, but employee housing is as you get into mammoth mammoth is the headquarters for yellowstone it has been since what was it, 1886 when the army came in 
So when you get into Mammoth, there's a couple things there. One, it's the it's the old Fort Yellowstone. So originally the army came in in 1886. There wasn't enough money to designate other people or to you know get anybody in to help the park. So the army was assigned to it, the cavalry. And so it's the old Fort Yellowstone. That's where they set up. And it's neat because as you go through that area, you know, take a second, you know, depending on how much time you have, you can go and do the the historic walking tour through there. And so you have all kinds of things, you know, you have buildings that were built in, you know, from 1891 all the way up to, I think, 1913 um, were a lot of those older buildings. You have anything from, of course, Officers Row to the, the, the barracks, you have the hospital in there, you have the church. You have a few things. Anyways, walk around that area. It's, it's neat. You have, of course, the parade grounds. So that's kind of the historic side is where it's where the visitor center is now, the Albright Visitor Center. You'll see the sign for Officers Row. But as you walk around, do remember that a lot of those buildings are private residences now. So, And most of them are, have this chain, and we'll mention that it's a private residence. So you can't walk into the buildings. But those buildings are original. They try to keep them know as close as possible on the outside the inside things have been updated but they are private residences where people are staying that's that's kind of one section there you also have you know the hotel in the area and you have the, the dining and you have the gift shops here so it's a little area that you can walk around for a while and see a few different things uh, one of the big draws here are the hot springs themselves and so there's a couple different places or a couple different ways to go and see the hot springs. Where I usually like to stop, and kind of my favorite favorite place is to go see Howlett Spring and Terraces. And that's you know where to know where that is. Look for Liberty Cap. It's pretty hard to uh, miss. If I remember right, it's uh it's about a forty foot tall cone. Uh, Liberty Cap actually, it, it's something that's pretty neat. Is where it got its name from. Is it actually got its name from the peaked knit caps from the French Revolution. So do a Google search on that, and you can see what those caps look like, and then compare it for yourself to see if it's, uh, you know, if that's what they look like or not. But anyways, I I usually walk and do that little walk right there. I think those are some of the best terraces at the end of the walk. Uh, and there's a lot of different trails and things to do through here. Some of those areas are dormant and don't offer activity like they once did. So Mammoth Hot Spring is unique because of the deposit right here. So you have this water coming up. And it's picking up this mineral and it's depositing it is the very basics of what's happening. And this is a calcium carbonate rich mineral. Now the deposit right here changes widely depending on where, where it's depositing, where you're at in the hot springs. Now doing a little research, I wanted to make sure some numbers I had were right. Um, I've always said about eight inches a year is the average that the Mammoth Hot Springs has as far as a deposit rate. Well, doing a little bit more research, I found that there's some places that might deposit just a couple inches a year, all the way up to a rate of three feet per year, which is just crazy. Um, that three feet per year, just so you know where I'm getting this number from, that's actually from Yellowstone, the official guide. I think this one is the not the newest version that I'm using. This is the 2014 was when it was updated. So that one's a little out of date, but that's just amazing that, I mean, anywhere from an inch or to three feet a year that this thing is depositing um, this mineral. And so that's one of the reasons this changes so much here 
is from year to year as you come and visit this area, you'll probably notice changes. And a couple things. So, you know, just for example, when you walk out to the area I just, I mentioned, you know, past Liberty Cap out to Pallet Springs is notice the different colors. And I'm talking more about more than just the the orange, which is the bacteria, the organisms, which I've talked about in previous episodes. I'm talking about the color of the mineral. So, and you're going to see those areas that are orange. You're going to have more of a bright white area, and then you're going to have kind of the gray area. So the orange areas, the water is typically running there currently. That's why you have the organisms growing in those areas. So that's what the orange is. The white has probably been recently that water was flowing, but is not currently. And then you're going to have kind of the dark gray, which is like devil's thumb is a great example, which has been dormant for quite a while. There hasn't been any water running from that for a while. So as you walk around and you look at different areas, for example, I think over at the staircase, I try to avoid the stairs. You look at that, there's a lot of gray. There are some things up there that you can still see that are active. My recommendation is, you know, if you have time, do the whole thing. If not, go out, do that little walk past Liberty Cap, and then maybe drive around to the top. On the top, you do have a loop, which is the Mammoth Terrace Loop, or Mammoth Terrace Drive. And you could park up there. Parking is tough once you get on the loop. Maybe park on the outside. But you could walk over to a Canary Spring, which is nice. See that, and there's a couple things to see along the way. Or you can just do the drive and see a couple things. And on kind of the far end of the drive, you get to Orange Spring Mound. There's usually parking next to that. I like to take a look at that one. Um, And also the one at the very end, I believe it's Angel Terrace. You'll kind of see as you come in, but you have to loop around all the way to get back to it. So different features are up there, and things are constantly, constantly changing there. So I remember over by kind of that Canary Springs area, there used to be a lot of pools. It used to be the area on the uh, Yellowstone map. It was pictures of these these springs, these pools uh, for the picture on the cover. And those are no longer, I mean, there might be some water up there, but not like I used to remember it. So things here are constantly changing. And actually, to give you an idea of this, a neat story is back in the early days when people were doing these tours through through Yellowstone, uh, you'd come in by these stagecoaches, but you could stop at Mammoth Hot Springs and you could buy a trinket or give them a trinket. And what this person would do is he would take that trinket from you and he'd basically tie it to a string that was attached to a board and then lower that board over the hot springs. And he would let it sit there for, you know, while you were gone from there, probably on a five to six day tour. And so when you got back, he would give you your trinket back and it would be covered in this, this calcium carbonate or this travertine really during that time. And so, I mean, you can see that just in the six days, you, you could obviously see this a deposit rate on these trinkets that uh, you would leave behind. And to see examples of that, it's tough right now because of the situations going on with COVID and things. The visitor centers are closed again, but if you ever get a chance to go inside the Old Faithful Visitor Center, they have a a little display in the main lobby that shows you, I think there's a a knife and a, a horseshoe that are covered in this travertine or this calcium carbonate from these early tours. So just a unique area. Mammoth Hot Springs is very different from a lot of the hot springs and things that you're going to see in Yellowstone. So if you're trying to decide, you know, it's just, 
Is this just another hot spring that you're going to go see? Is it worth the drive up there if you're staying in a different part of the park? I, I think it is. And, you know, before I move on from this area, I, I need to back up and mention the elk here. So you're going to have elk that reside in this Mammoth Hot Springs area really year-round. And you have to be careful, especially in the spring and the fall, as you're wandering around this area, because you might all of a sudden round the corner and there's an elk. Um, in the springtime, the elk will drop their calves right around the buildings. And in the fall time, you get the bull elk that move in. And people want to stop and take pictures of them. And there's a chance they're going to run into your car. They're going to chase you. These bull elk are dangerous through here. And all the elk are dangerous. So you need to keep your distance from these animals. But the reason that the animals are here, a couple of reasons. One, um, partially in, in jest, uh, you know, they say that the elk like the Kentucky bluegrass that the Army planted here, which is some nice manicured lawns in the area. Uh, another reason is, and actually, I just learned this from uh, one of my guides or friends, Casey. He was he was mentioning this. I knew that this happened, but I never heard a term for it. And he referred to it as the bulldog effect, just meaning that you know we get dogs. People get dogs for for protection. It's kind of that security. Well, these elk will be in this area around Mammoth because they know that the predators, bears and wolves, are probably not going to come in around the people. So we're, in essence, they're bulldogs. We're the protection from the predators. That's another reason that the elk like to hang out in this area. You know, going up the road from here, let's uh, went through the Mammoth Hot Springs area. As you go up on that uh, Grand Loop North, excuse me, Grand Root Loop Road going south, you're going to go up and you're going to pass a couple things. There's an area that's quite unique that some call it the Hoodoos of Yellowstone. Others call it uh, Silvergate. It'll be hard to miss. It's a bunch of fallen rocks, this beautiful rock, which is travertine. It's, um, and if you look up above where this rock is, the landslide came down. If you look up there, you'll see these cliffs. And those cliffs is where all this rock came from. And that is where Mammoth Hot Springs is, was at one time. Now, depending on who you read or what you read, as far as how old Mammoth Hot Springs, you know, how many years ago was it back that way? You know, originally, I think going back to 1909, People thought it was about, I think it was 10,000 years old or 9,000 years old. A little more recent, which I was able to find, which is still outdated. It was back in the 80s. I think they were saying that it was closer to 30,000 years old. So it's comparatively, it's not that old. I mean, for you, once you see that, how much has been created compared to, you know, if you think of Old Faithful, which you now the deposit rate there, again, changes from area to area, you know, one inch every hundred years. You have this mound that's, I don't know what it is, four, five, six feet tall. You can figure out how many thousands of years old that is. So if you have this huge area that's, you know, 30,000 years plus or minus, is is pretty incredible. So, and, you know, stop in those, those rocks and look around. As you look around through this area, something you might find is a pica. You know, pikas are members of the rabbit family. And if you're out there in the heat in the day, there's a good chance that you're not going to find them because they don't do very good with temperatures above 70 degrees. So usually cooler in the mornings, you can find them throughout the summer. And they might be active collecting their, their grasses and creating their haystacks for the wintertime, which it's, that's what they live off the winter. They don't actually hibernate. They store the grasses down on the rocks where they live, and then they live off of that. And if you look around, there's a couple exposed uh, haystacks that you can see under the rocks that have 
you know, some of them haven't been used and are a couple years old. But as you look around and watch, sometimes they're hard to see. So just kind of listen for them. Kind of a, a nasally sound. And uh, usually that's how I find them. I kind of walk around the area. They're very territorial. So, you know, if they're animal or something else comes in their space, they might give that a call saying, hey, this is, this is my area. Anyway, so something to watch through there. Uh, as you come, as you pass this area, you're going to go up to the Golden Gate Bridge. And you go past, uh, actually, going to this Golden Gate area, you watch the cliffs from Mountain Goats. Occasionally, you do get them through there. Not very often, but you will find the goats through there. You go past this before you get up on the flats, you'll notice uh, Rustic Falls, which is just a neat little waterfall there. And as you go up through here, and there's, you're going to see a bunch of people park. There's a couple hikes, one's out for Bunsen Peak. And then you're out onto Swan Lake Flats. Now, Swan Lake Flats, pretty obvious when you're there. It's a big, flat, open area surrounded by mountains. There is a lake, and this year and last year, they do have swans, which is nice to see, especially this year because there are four cygnets out there. And so they're raising their, their family out on the lake, so it is a closed area to give them their space. Uh, to this area through here it can be good, especially in the mornings uh, for grizzly bears. I always stop and... Um, this is one spot I just regularly stop just to look to see if there's anything going on. Um, occasionally bison through here as well as elk. Um, not very often, but you can catch wolves in this area. And even though it's high up, some of these cliffs are high and far away, I have caught mountain goats and bighorn sheep on the cliffs that uh, overlook Swan Lake. And then going south from here, you're going to run into sheep eater cliffs. Jupiter Cliff, there's a hike that you can do there. There's a picnic area, bathroom, which is good to know. And you have some, some basalt, some columnar basalt cliffs, which is probably the best place in the park to really see them, get an up-close look at them. And in these cliffs, as you're stopped there, you'll see the yellow-bellied marmots, or also is the rock chucks. You'll see chipmunks. You'll see golden mantled ground squirrels and pikas in here as well. Now, with chipmunks and golden-mantled ground squirrels, don't get them confused. So a chipmunk is going to have stries, stripes up on its face. Ground squirrels, the golden-mantled ground squirrels, it has stripes, stripes on its back like a chipmunk, but those don't extend up onto the face. That's how you can kind of tell them, tell them apart. And I also mentioned sheep eater. So the sheep eaters were actually banned as Shoshone, uh, the natives. And they got their name because they would follow the bighorn sheep. When others would have horses and things, they, they used dogs and they used things where they would go higher in elevation. And so that was a big part of their diet was the bighorn sheep. But one thing that was unique, and there's a guy over in Dubois, Wyoming, that uh, recreates these is, and I might have talked about this in a previous episode, but they would make bows out of these sheep horns. So come on the hot springs, basically we would be able to manipulate them carve them down, lash two together, and make this bow out of them. Anyways, I think that's the area that I want to cover. I do want to go back to one place that I forgot to mention that I got a lot of questions about is the Boiling River. So there's an area, it's called the Boiling River. It's on the Gardner River between Mammoth and Gardner. And what it is, is you have some hot springs that flow into the, the river through there. And basically, I have not personally been there, um, but it's one of those places you can go sit in the river Kind of the further you go out in the river, the cooler it is. So you kind of find the temperature that you want. 
And I think it's about a quarter mile hike back to where the, um, the boiling river, where you could get into the water. Um, this year it's not accessible. It's not open. Imagine they'll open it next year, but this all depends on COVID and it's, it's seasonal. So when the river's high, it's not going to be open. So that's, that's another, uh, something else to go through through there. I think those are the basics of the things I wanted to talk about at this area with Mammoth Hot Springs. Um, it is a beautiful area. We're stopping around, taking a look. And again, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Tied to Nature's Yellowstone. Thanks for listening to Tied to Nature's Yellowstone, the podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Keep up to date with Tied to Nature and Think Tank Photo on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.